Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-hosts. She would rather be a canker in a hedge than a rose in his grace, Whitney Nelson. That's me. And his life motto is, pain heals, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. Evan Wells. I live by it. Live by it every day. <laughs> I, don't you know it? Don't you know it? <laughs> Today, we are talking about the 1988 film, The Prince of Pennsylvania. So, as we established in the last episode, n- none of us have seen this prior to our watch right now. Mm-hmm. No. And I, I don't know if any of us were quite expecting uh, what happened in this movie. I was definitely not. Yeah. Nope. Takes takes a bit of a turn somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The synopsis here is pretty straightforward, and I don't think any of us read it, but here we go. Set in a remote Pennsylvania coal mining town, this offbeat comedy follows the friendship between an old hippie woman and a depressive teenage punk rocker who feels like a pariah. The fun begins when the two conspire to kidnap the boy's crazy father in hopes of getting a hold of the family fortune. Before we go any further, talk about the director and all that stuff, is this a comedy? No. Uh, no. I don't think it is. I, I don't know. I might have laughed one or two times in this movie, but yeah, I do not think this is a comedy whatsoever. Yeah. If I did laugh, it wasn't necessarily at jokes either. It was just like at the ridiculousness of the movie. Right. It's more it's not laughing with the movie. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, one of those situations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this was written directed by Ron Nyswainer. I probably didn't get that right, but close enough. Who didn't go on to direct much else, but is credited as the writer of Philadelphia starring Tom Hanks and Denzel, as well as numerous episodes of Ray Donovan and Homeland. So pretty much uh living the dream, working writer <laughs> even today. So that's great. Yeah. Co-starring alongside Keanu is Fred Ward, who you might know from Tremors. At least that's where I know him from. Whitney, you might remember him with Keanu in a later movie, Chain Reaction. Mm-hmm. Then we have <laughs> Holly Gennaro herself, Bonnie Bedelia. Oh, my God. Amy <laughs> Madigan and J.O. Sanders. We are back at a movie with no critical reception, Whitney. Mm-hmm. What is happening to Keanu? Why? Why is this happening? I don't know why. I really don't. This is this is a heck of a thing. Uh, I can't believe that it has an audience score of forty nine percent. That seems high to me. That's that's Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the Rotten Tomatoes score. No, no critical score. Forty nine percent audience score. That's right. Although, and I have this in our notes here. Roger Ebert went to go see this and then yes, reviewed it. And he wrote a scathing review. Oh. I, I pulled this mm-hmm. I pulled this line, which is amazing. When I see a convincing three-dimensional human being doing something in a movie that is obviously artificial and silly, I wonder why he doesn't simply tell the screenwriter to shove his screenplay where the sun don't shine. Whoa. Ebert coming out wow. swinging. Fighting words. <laughs> Yeah. Ev, you will be leading the discussion. Yes. Why don't we start with you? Did this movie work for you? No. No, it didn't. <laughs> what happened? 
I don't know what happened, man. I had high hopes. First of all, it was, you know, Pennsylvania, and I was all excited for some PA references. Those didn't happen. Right. And, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know. I was bummed. I really was. I was upset. Um, I, I did not, I think at the very end of the movie, uh, I turned it off and I whispered some kind of words to myself that were along the lines of, well, that was terrible. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it went for me. That's unbelievable. Let me ask you, why, why were your hopes so high to start off with? Was it based solely on the haircut? <laughs> no, it's been based on kind of a a slow, you know, trajectory of of Keanu and and the movie he is in, and I don't know. I'm just I keep telling myself that they're going to get better from here on, and and it went the other way. Yeah, I think that that was my thing. I think to some extent, I did really like the the poster. <laughs> I think that the, yeah. I think that it it. Uh, well, just like things have been steadily getting better. I've liked them more and more almost consistently every movie we watch. So I definitely thought that we were sort of in the upswing as well. But I also thought that like this seemed so of a time from the poster. And when you look and it looks a little bit wacky and, and whatever, it definitely looks like a comedy just based on the image. Yeah. I, I don't know. I definitely was expecting something that was more... Not relevant is the wrong word, but like, even if it wasn't good, that it was something that I would enjoy because it was so of its era. And this was Mm. not that. Do you think it has anything to do with Keanu as an actor saying yes to too many things early in his career? Because this will be, this is the third of four movies he's done in 88 alone. Do you think at this point he would rather just work on something that might not be great than not work at all? I think that's a consistent pattern that we've seen through him throughout his entire career. I mean, just looking yeah. at the list right now, he's got one, two, three, four movies that came out maybe in 91. Yes. Three movies for sure. Yeah. One, I don't know what this providence is. 97 has multiple ones. 2000 has like three of them. 2003 has four movies. Like almost every year has more than one movie in it. Yeah. So I think that that's just part of, I I don't know that he says no to much. Hmm. That's kind of the sense that I was getting also, so. You know, it's hard to establish yourself as an actor. A lot of people have taken a lot of things that they would not necessarily take again now. But um, but yeah, I don't necessarily blame him for it. I, I think that where he was in his career and how young he was and the fact that it seems to kind of be a personality trait of just accepting roles... But yeah, I, it definitely is not what I wanted it to be, for sure. If that's if that has been the case where he just says yes to everything, I mean, that has resulted in some massive successes for him, though. So you, I got to give it up. You got to give it I up. I definitely to think if you, if you average out the wins versus losses, the wins have outweighed the losses. For sure. This. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> as far as my opinion of this film, I thought that it started pretty strong. And I had a sense of where a couple different directions this could have gone. And none of them were what happened, where it essentially turns into a a caper of sorts. Yep. (laughs) And there were some decent performances from some very recognizable actors and not much else. I, I, I did not 
care for this really at yeah. all. So I read more of um, Roger Ebert's review, and I really agree with almost all of it. Like, usually I don't agree with much of that Robert e- Roger Ebert has to say. Yeah. I usually find that he has very different ideas about what makes m- movies good um, than I do. But in this case, like, most of his review is talking about how good the performances were and how good the characterization of the people in this movie was in the beginning, and then how none of it made sense after that, which is pretty much exactly how I feel about it. (laughs) Yeah, it started off as a tale about what you would think is maybe this blue-collar family. Like, even the town itself is a a coal mining town. It is a character in this story. Yeah, And you're like, oh, how are they going to, how is this kind of outcast son going to rise above, rise to the occasion and either impress his dad or get out of this bad situation that he's in? And, you know, the resolution that comes up is not not a great one, not even close. So (laughs) it's, it's pretty baffling. Yep. All of the technical things about this movie are fine. As far as I was concerned, it was, you know, competently shot and edited. Some of the sound was a little weird for me at points. I don't know if that was the copy that I was watching or bad ADR. It was hard to tell, but that was a little weird. I I do want to note two things, though. This is about the actors. So it's always interesting for me to see younger uh, versions of actors that I'm familiar with later on in their career. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but... So have you ever looked at a picture of, like, hmm, young Robert Redford by any chance? Mm-hmm. Sure. He looks like Brad Pitt. Or it's mm-hmm. it's the, the resemblance is very close. Mm-hmm. I had, yeah, like, uh, like him in The Natural? Yes, very much. Yes, very much yeah. like that. In this movie, I couldn't help but have two of these deja vu experiences, which you actually had in the last episode, Ev, with the... The main character, uh, David, right. you're, he looks like a yep. character from Stranger Things. Funny enough, Trooper Joe in this reminded yes. me of David Harbour from Stranger <laughs> Things. Also, I'm like, so much. I wouldn't be surprised if the Duffers grabbed this character from this movie and told David Harbour, do this. Because it was, a, it was, it was crazy. Guy. Yes, it was amazing. And then yep. Fred Ward, from certain angles, who's very angry in this film... Gave me real crazy John Bernthal vibes. So Punisher or Walking Dead, whatever you know, John Bernthal. He was in Sicario, a bunch of things. Those were just two things I wanted to note. It was crazy. Wow. I don't know if either of you experienced that, but I was like, I can't not see these other actors in these roles here. Yeah, I def I definitely got Hopper from Stranger Things, but um not so much. I mean, he's been in a bunch of other stuff. I definitely know him from something else, so I didn't have a full, like, it wasn't super disorienting for me because I definitely, I can't figure out what I know him from. Are we, Trooper Joe, is that who you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Trooper Joe. I don't know that guy's, yeah, that is, what's, I had his name in the notes here. It's uh, J.O. Sanders. So, yeah, not a recognizable name either, but yeah, he certainly no. is that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he definitely... Whatever I've seen him in is much more recent, and um, oh, okay. he definitely looks like Hopper, for sure, <laughs> in this one. I, I kept being like, I wonder if they're related or something, because they look so much alike. Yeah, I knew the ages wouldn't match up, but I'm like, is this his dad or like an older brother? What could this yeah. be? <laughs> so strange. Yeah. 
So sounds like none of us were really too hot on this movie. Do we have any other kind of high level or bizarre thoughts about what we thought here before we get into the play by play? I want to talk about the music. So you mentioned the sound. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of the music, but the I, I think it's an accordion at the very beginning and, it, and it's kind of throughout the movie. Really kind of threw me off. Um, but it was Thomas Newman that did the music for this movie. Is that right? Yeah, which is unreal when you think about <laughs> that guy's background. I mean, he's been in, he, he's done music for all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, he was part of of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, he was part of some Star Wars, um, you know, and you, you, something like Finding Nemo, uh, Wally, obviously had, did really great stuff in Wally. And that was just, I saw that name up on the screen. I was like, hold on. No, no, no. That's <laughs> not like the Thomas Newman, but it is. And, and, uh, that was kind of crazy. So it's this accordion kind of all over the place. And it just didn't, it, it was, it was, it was like nails on a chalkboard for me in this movie. <laughs> Music is a thing that as soon as it's good, I notice it, and then I block it out almost entirely if I can't stand it. So that's the thing that I'll bring up. I'm like, wow, the soundtrack's great, or the score is amazing. And then in the case of this, I don't know if it necessarily took me out of it, but it felt out of place, to say the least. Right. What do I know? I don't think I can recall a single moment of the music, so... (laughs) So it didn't make an impression on me at all. Right. It was completely well, transparent. So with, she was like, is there, there was music in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was an accordion. So, okay. you know, uh, just imagine that little squeeze box action. Um, so, yeah, if we just dive right in, are we ready to do that? Yeah, let's go. Ev, bring us home. So from what I saw, important note here, this was released October 10th of 1988, which would be six days before I turned one. So that's uh, that's an important consideration. Right. Mm-hmm. Keep, that, Keep in that in mind, mind everybody. <laughs> yes. Remember, send me birthday things. Sure. Um, so we start in a junkyard, and um, there is what looks like, it, my first thought is that it was really only showing feet moving around the junkyard. I thought it was a kid playing lava cross. Do you guys remember playing lava cross? You know, like ground is lava, that whole yeah, thing. Absolutely. Sure. I've never heard it called that, but yes. You never heard lava cross? That's also mm-hmm. news to me as well. The floor is lava. Got it. Yep. Oh, man. Maybe that was like me and my brothers, but it, yeah, we called it lava cross. This could cross, be a but... going together slash going out situation as well. <laughs> exactly. Centralized. In the 80s, <laughs> it was called lava cross. <laughs> Today, I don't think it's it was. Lava. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just about to turn six, so I think I know floor is lava better than you do. Oh, man. Great point. Floored it again. <laughs> um, so, anyway, there's um, Keanu, as we find out, is kind of just bounding around the junkyard, looking for things, poking around in different vehicles. Um, ends up taking a Jesus. No, not a Jesus. I thought it was a Jesus statue. It ends up being, uh, which saint? Saint Jude? I think it was Jude. Um, so it's a, a statue of, of St. Small, little statue of St. Jude on the dash of a car, throws that in his pocket and then ends up kind of spying initially on a biker gang that seems to meet in the junkyard. Um, and this is where we get the first line of the movie, which is, want a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Random what we're haircut. seeing, 
Yeah. Keanu's kind of leaning over and, and looking down on this group, and, and one of the members is spray painting uh, a mohawk to make it pink. And um, I guess this is this is where we start to get an idea that Keanu's kind of edgy, right? And he's this um, free spirit rebel of sorts who kind of wants to do his own thing. So the idea is that we don't really see it, but the idea is that he says, yes, like, yep, I'm into that. Um, and then where we end up is that we are at a church and uh, there's a choir singing. They're kind of really framing up a very religious event. Um, and we're then introduced to Keanu's characters. Uh, Rupert is his name, which did that throw anybody off like that <laughs> name choice? It's a little old fashioned for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, it didn't really throw me off because I feel like that's a thing that happened in the 80s and 90s where like the esoteric quirky kid who's kind of a loner and really smart <laughs> has an old fashioned name. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That kind of, all right. That tracks. That's fair. I, that tracks. I can think of, of multiple other times when that happened. And so it made sense to me because it was kind of like a, a trope. Rupert. It's a family name, probably. Who knows? Yeah, that's it. So um, Keanu is seemingly late to church and um, he needs to be there for a friend whose baby is getting. I think they were trying to say baptized, but it was more of an introduction to the congregation. So something along those lines, kind of like a new member to the church. It was definitely a baptism. Okay. And then... they, like, present you to God and the congregation. Got it. Um, so Keanu's late. He shows up on his dirt bike um, and comes in with this new hairstyle, which we've mentioned a couple times. So the best way to describe this is imagine someone has nice long hair like Keanu. You can imagine Keanu with long hair. And then you just take like a number two clippers and shave one side of your head. Yeah. And then spray paint it Doesn't with like white. Doesn't like a programmer in Silicon Valley have that haircut? Oh, maybe. Oh, that's a good reference. Um, yes, at least similar. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she had spray paint in her hair. Well, no. <laughs> Silver but he spray didn't paint. either for half the movie. <laughs> That's true. It's only in it for the first part. Yeah. I will say it looks very much like they cut his hair. So I'm very curious for the next movie to see if he has short hair. Because it didn't really strike me as like a wig kind of deal. And it appeared to kind of grow out throughout the movie, to your point, Whitney. So mm -hmm. pretty sure they cut his hair. Um, and so he shows up and everybody's like, oh, my God, look at this delinquent with his crazy hair. And um, basically, you know, we get this introduction to Gary, his dad, who is an angry man um, and seems pretty upset with, with his son's life decisions. And so that, that's kind of done. And we, we are now randomly um, at a, an ice cream parlor, kind of roadside ice cream parlor with Keanu on the roof. Um, seemingly trying to address a, a sign that needs to be fixed. Um, <laughs> but he's interrupted by a police cruiser. So this is where some two new characters come in. Um, we have Carla as well as Trooper Joe, who we've talked about as well. And so they're in a relationship. I couldn't really pick up on, I think invent later they described the relationship a little bit more. Were they married? Were they dating? She was a mistress, I believe. Yes. Or... yes, that's what it was. Okay, so um, yeah, we meet those two. 
And we start to see that this is the second time now that Keanu is kind of peeping, right? He's kind of like looking at people but doesn't want to be noticed, uh, which becomes a theme in the movie. This guy likes to spy on people. Uh, um, so that was pretty interesting uh, kind of character development there. He's, he says that because everybody lies. I think that, I think yep. that was the line. He says, I, yep. I spy because everybody because lies. Everyone lies. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Justification, I guess. Um, so then, uh, we see that Keanu is, is having a conversation with, with Carla, this, the new female character. And, um, we get a vibe that she's older and, and he kind of comes to her for guidance, but also comfort. I think they're, you know, he's definitely very interested in her, wants to kind of spend his life with her. Um, so they're kind of creating a, an interesting relationship with those two. Um, but then we get back to we presume is is his family home but turns out that Keanu actually lives in the garage. Yeah. And it's actually a pretty nice setup in the garage. It's a cool little cool little pad. I don't think I would have minded living. <laughs> However, if we're thinking like you know, in my mind this is like Centralia PA, right? Mm-hmm. Where the really famous coal town. Yeah. Um I got to believe that garage gets pretty cold. Yep. For sure. Um, January. For sure. There's no so insulation be... there. It's clearly no. just cinder block and full of <laughs> yeah. doodads and inventions. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm getting this weird, um, what was I thinking of here? Like, almost back to the future. Like, um, man, it's slipping my mind now. But, you know, that classic room or kitchen that they show where everything's automated. Oh, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what? I, the vibe I got was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, maybe? That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking of. Absolutely. Exactly. That's exactly. Everything's kind of like a Rube Goldberg machine yes. or like a proto-robot. <laughs> right, yeah. So in this case, it's um, something welcoming someone who's broken into the garage with <laughs> a recording of dogs barking and... <laughs> Some mannequin with a flag. It was it was very but basically his his dad, Gary, he breaks into his garage pad and you know, Keanu's not there. And he goes on this little rant about like how upset he is about his son and that he was in Vietnam and you know, Gary's talking to Keanu's mother about his upset and and, and how much he doesn't appreciate this lifestyle. Um so that kind of starts to establish a bunch there. We should also note this is probably the second time you can see that these two people, his mom and dad, are kind of like very different people, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to dealing yep. with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. The mom is very lenient and kind of wants him to pursue his dreams in a way. And the dad is very f- much in the camp of get your shit together. And we even <laughs> saw that at the the christening or baptism. Yeah. Where she comes up to him as he's like on his way to take off before anyone else can catch up to him and gives him some kind of riff about the hair. But he says, I'm going to get out of here before dad can get over here. And she's like, that's a good idea. Right. Yep. She's on his side for sure. Mm -hmm. It is interesting. That has been in many of the movies so far. And I wonder if that's like an 80s movie thing or uh, if that's just kind of how it's happened with these Keanu movies. That is an interesting pattern that seems to be hold true for him, at least, also. Right. And, and him being a person with, you know, a nice heart or a good heart, at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Right. Um, so, now, actually, Rupert is following his mom. So, the spying is back. 
And I, I liked in this scene when they showed his mom driving, she tries to light the wrong side of cigarette. I don't know if that was scripted or not, but it kind of just brought a little bit more realism to the movie for me. I didn't even notice that. So she flips it around. So his mom, Pam, is her character name. She drives to a trailer in the middle of nowhere. And almost immediately, I mean, I don't know if you guys were thinking this too, but it's like, oh, this is pretty pretty clear that there's like an affair going on in this marriage. Oh, yeah. You guys guys thought that pretty much as soon as they showed the trailer? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we learned that this guy, Jack, who had the baby at the church, um, is uh, is who she's having the affair with. And they talk about moving to Florida and starting this new life. All the while, Keanu is like out in the woods with some sort of listening device. They never really <laughs> explain that. I don't know if he planted a microphone on his mom or something. He's got some sort of parabolic microphone. or <laughs> Well, he's he's a... We, like you said, we've already established that he's kind of a, a, a snooper. Yeah, like, that's true. Who and likes techie. to, yeah. So he has a lot of gadgets and he also likes to try and observe people unobserved. So it's not out of character. I mean, they don't explain it specifically, but also it, I wasn't like, well, where did all this come from? Because <laughs> right. I feel like they established it pretty clearly. Yeah. yeah. So he has a very clear signal of his mom <laughs> and Jack uh, having a conversation, ultimately, you know, having a little bit of. Uh, adulterous fun. At this and point, I wrote in my notes, these kissing sounds are the worst, the living worst, <laughs> Yeah, in all caps. Imagine imagine uh. him being being the son of of Pam and having to listen to that in his little I don't know where headphones. they put the mic on Bonnie Bedelia when they were recording this, but this is not the only time where her mouth sounds are out of control. It's in her mouth. That's where the microphone yeah, is. That's what I think happened. <laughs> Because these kissing sounds, but also there's times when she's talking later on in the movie where it's so wet sounding and I don't understand why it's very, very loud and clear and it made me so disgusted. Yeah, hated that. You shouldn't be able to hear a person smile is what I'm saying. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. We should try on this podcast to see if we can. No, please don't. Please don't. (laughs) Amplify. CSI enhance. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Gary, Keanu's dad, is getting is kind of fed up, and he's like, he should get a job in the mine. Um, and, you know, Pam's like, but you said that our kids would never work in the mine. But, lo and behold, he kind of convinces her by saying it's like a topside job. He'll never really be down in the mines. Mm-hmm. And so, he's now kind of doing, like, janitorial work kind of grunt work at the at the mine. Um, and that kind of establishes that they're going to drive home together. And this might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie here is when we first kind of see um, Keanu and Gary kind of in a closed space together and yeah. engaging and conversing. Um, and... It's uh, Andrew. I think you have the audio here, but it's an interesting back and forth between them for one of their conversations. When you get drafted, you have to see a shrink, right? Well, I remember one of the questions he asked me was, uh, "Sitting on a beach, and in the water there are two people drowning. Now, one of them has a cure for cancer, and the other is your own son. Which one would you save?" How would you answer that question, Rupert? Take your time. Guy with the cure for cancer. Well, think for a second, will you? Your own flesh and blood. 
But what if I saved my son and he grew up and got cancer? Can't you say he's gonna get cancer? You said he was drowning. Well, God damn it, that's different. Why? The probability of getting cancer must be 10 times greater than the probability of drowning. And if you throw in the probability of two people drowning in the same place at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so I just thought that that was a really interesting way to kind of introduce right there that Keanu's character is a bright kid. You know, he has a, a certain way of thinking and he, you know, kind of looks at things a different way uh, and takes a pretty analytical approach towards stuff. So I thought that was a cool little character nugget right there um, that he's not just this like dopey kid who uh, isn't trying or isn't living up to his dad's standard. He's actually a, a smart kid who is kind of just being perceived wrong um, and isn't, you know, kind of being accepted. And I thought that was a really cool thing to throw into the movie right there. Yeah, it was a little little callous, maybe. A little cold in terms of the answer. Not necessarily him. He seems like a pretty feeling person, but he he was looking at that, like you said, very analytically. And right. yeah, it was, it was interesting, to say the least. Um. And then a, a twist is thrown into the movie right here where they're ultimately not driving home, but they're driving to the affair trailer. And I, I wasn't really expecting that. I figured uh, that, you know, they were just on their way home. And then it's like, oh, my God, the trailer that, that Pam was going to with Jack is like in the family. I would have assumed that it was Jack's trailer or something else. Um, but so we end up there. They have a conversation um, for a little while about, you know, what Keanu means to his dad. And they kind of continue to have their open discussion. Uh, and then we're back at the ice cream parlor. And this was, this was a fun scene. It was, it was kind of nice and, and bright. We, we see that he was on that roof kind of inspecting that ice cream cone sign before. And now he has it working. So he takes the opportunity to present that to Carla, which she loves, and it's a lot of fun and bright and exciting. And then we're kind of thrusted into an emergency at the mine. Uh, we can hear alarms going off and something is clearly wrong. And um, somebody runs past Keanu, who's still kind of doing janitorial things, and says that there's a fire in one of the shafts. And um, never a good thing in mining. No. Uh, and so now, as you might expect, everybody's looking for Gary. Pam shows up. We can't really determine, which was pretty well done, who she's looking for. And actually, Keanu calls her out because he knows her secret. He's like, are you looking for Dad or are you looking for Jack? Yeah. Um, and that was cool. That was a nice little dig right there. But the it turns out that they're both safe, Gary and Jack. But it's obvious Something went down during that fire. Yeah. No hug back. No hug back. No hug back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Pam runs up to Gary and she's like, you know, showing that she was so happy to see him, but he's just deadpan, stone cold. Just, I don't want to, I don't want to hug you back. So it's pretty obvious what's happened there. And they kind of drag it out a little bit, but we end up, we end up finding out that Jack kind of in, in his moment of fear of dying opened up and kind of spilled the beans on the affair. I will note there was a really cool camera move there for that moment. Mm -hmm. Like she runs up 
it Carla runs up to hug her husband and then you see Jack is also okay and his wife runs up to hug him in the background kind of over the left oh, shoulder yeah. and the camera moves and you see that she is actually looking at Jack so it's very clearly <laughs> she w- seems to have been there for him right so now there's kind of what you would expect a little bit of a blow up between Gary and Pam um didn't expect the slap. Did you guys expect the slap across the face from Gary? No, but that kind of sets the tone for the rest of his character right. for me. And then how I feel about all of his, the rest of his actions throughout the course of the movie. I kind of did. Um, I was not necessarily expecting to see it, but I kind of felt like the way that she was protecting Keanu and I felt like the way that they were very clearly on different teams was sort of establishing that he, not necessarily that he was abusive, but also kind of that he was abusive. Yeah. Um, I I definitely got the feeling of like them trying to set up early on that there's a reason why she's cheating. There's a reason why Keanu doesn't like him. There's a reason why sort of everyone in his life is alienated from him. And it's not necessarily because he's a bad guy, although I kind of think that he is personally. Mm-hmm. It's because he like can't handle it when things don't go the way he wants them to be going. Like he has this idealized vision of what his life should be like. And the second that anything gets out of place, he freaks out like Keanu having that haircut and having to leave a baptism or christening early because it's going to be trouble if his dad catches up to him first. Like that kind of establishes that sort of activity, like that sort of behavior from a person. So I wasn't surprised by it at all. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you might describe this guy as like a hard ass, him forcing his idea of happiness, which is evident in this scene here where he's telling his wife all of the things that he bought for her to make her happy versus whatever was actually lacking in their relationship. This this took me back to an earlier movie when we made that point about how expensive VCRs were. (laughs) Because... (laughs) That's what he really hits on. He's like, I bought you a VCR. Um, And and it's really an important thing to the point where he rips it out of the entertainment center and runs out of the house with it. (laughs) It's crazy how big VCRs were, to be honest with you. That thing looked like it was 40 friggin' pounds. Um, But anyway, so Keanu kind of has a feeling that this is happening. um, And he rushes home and, and ends up like tackling Gary but they don't really get into it beyond that. I really thought they were going to kind of fisticuffs a little bit, but not so much. You know, Keanu just kind of leaves, uh, has shown his his upset. That he has shown how upset he is with his dad, but he leaves and ends up going back to the ice cream parlor. And this kind of this scene kind of confused me. So he shows up to the ice cream place and he shatters the window on the front of the building. I, I'm assuming just because he was upset Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like misdirected anger. Like, I didn't I didn't understand why he took it out on that. I didn't have a clear read on the motivation here either. This has been his safe place, you know? This has been his his happy place. And it was just confusing to me. I think, I think part of it was that she didn't seem to be there. Oh, okay. So he was mad that he couldn't find That's her. That's how I read it, as like, he's upset, he's whatever, he goes to go find her. And I would assume immediately guesses that if she's not there, she's having sex with the um, mm. which makes that's mad. a better and point. Like I don't have anyone. 
Even the people that I think that I have who are in my corner, I don't have. So he breaks the window. Got it. Yeah. That's what I read. But that could be Solid giving it read. too much credit. You've convinced That's me. That's it. <laughs> Solved it. Introduction to Keanu's love of motorcycles happens in the following few seconds when he does a wheelie <laughs> as he leaves the ice cream parlor on his dirt bike. Um, so that's important to note. Noted. And he, he he ultimately meets up with the biker gang, which this is this just got funny at this point. The idea is that um, you know he kind of gets mocked while he's while he's driving away from the ice cream parlor by. Uh, what we assume is kind of the popular kid in high school. And he was kind of the laughing stock of the school. And so Keanu, I guess, gets this idea that he's going to meet up with his biker gang friends, take them to homecoming uh, to crash this homecoming dance, <laughs> which I thought was just fantastic. Keanu kind of gets a little drunk and he uh, decides that he's going to dance with kind of a Student chaperone, if you will. Yeah. Student moderator. Uh, and I think there is a line that you had here, Andrew, for how he tried to get eloquent with her while they were dancing. A lot of people think you're weird. A lot of people think the same about me. We, like Socrates, are not appreciated in our time. What a jerk. What's that mean? Well... Nobody likes Socrates because he spoke the truth. We made him drink hemlock for it. Dork. We offend the common rabble with our truth. We are the truth. I don't want to dance anymore. You got my dress all yucky. Well, yuckiness is truth. Oh, Rupert, can't you be normal for three minutes? Oh, man. Poor <laughs> Rupert. Oh, Rupert. <laughs> it should be noted here also that I don't know exactly when we were privy to this information, but apparently he has dropped out of school entirely. So he's he he went back to this homecoming, but he's he has dropped out of high school. Yeah, he hasn't been there he's in crashing months. This homecoming. Yeah. yeah. When do they tell us? They they tell us earlier for sure. Might be in the garage scene. Right. But yeah, we he's a smart kid, but also not attending school. <laughs> and so it gets to a point where some of the. You know, popular kids dressed well say this is enough and let's get this guy out of here. And uh, the police are called. So that takes care of the biker gang. And then Keanu's kind of left alone. And wouldn't you know, can't get his dirt bike started. Unbelievable. He tries to tries to get away. But, you know, this this group of, I don't know, seven guys is coming after him pretty, pretty hard and fast. Um, and so... Now we see Keanu the next morning kind of stumbling back into the ice cream place. Um, and poor Carla is cleaning up the glass shards. But it's a, it's a cliche in the movies, right? For, from a romantic perspective, cleaning up a wounded, you know, significant other or whatever you want to call it. The idea of wiping blood off and, you know, stitching up wounds and bandaging and all that. But it took a pretty gross turn, I'm going to be honest. The, uh, yeah. Why? Why was that gross? No, gross. Let's not kiss through blood. Kiss through blood. So, you know, his whole... <laughs> Don't yuck anyone's yums, Evan. He's got <laughs> blood all over his face and stuff. And, and she starts to wipe it off and clean him up. But then she, like, puts her thumb in it. Yeah, sometimes the moment overtakes you, Evan. Oh, God. And then... And then she has blood on her face and it's all good. The, yeah, uh, the top lip... 
eating Keanu returned. <laughs> we did see more of that. That is true. We did see that. <laughs> there was a lot. Nice close, um, really all the way in there with the camera. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they start kind of planning life together. They start thinking about the future, and we get a story from from Carla about her past. Um, while she was a mistress, she uh, became pregnant and kind of had to give up the daughter. So she's kind of longing for getting that daughter back at some point, or at least seeing her. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing there. The uh, trooper shows up, messes up everything. And I guess in, in hindsight, maybe this was a little bit of jealousy coming from the trooper. Yes. Kind of threatens the health department inspection of the ice cream place. I was like, interesting, interesting uh, threat there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold move. <laughs> that is. That's pretty rude. Um, but it's effective. And the idea is that Keanu leaves. And um, now, you know, now Gary's really upset. And he's like, this is it. You know, Pam's not around anymore. Keanu, you're going down in the mines, and you're going to work like a man, and you're going to learn how to be a man. It's kind of his thought there. Yeah. And then kind of kind of randomly, there's like this family dinner. So when I came into this scene, I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? You know, are they going to, I thought they were going to like discuss with their sons a divorce or something along those lines. But it was pretty interesting because Pam ends up seeing Jack at the adjacent table with his family. Yeah. That she's having the affair with. And uh, I wasn't expecting that. That was that was interesting. But they really hammer home kind of Pam's interest in him because she, like, stands up at the table and I guess was thinking about joining him at their table or, or <laughs> leaving with him. But it was really kind of like, okay, we get it. She's really not interested in, in Gary anymore. Yeah. Gary actually grabs her arm and growls, sit down, yeah. you know. Exactly. Well, I definitely think that what they were... They left too much in this movie to subtext, considering how right. much was wildly overt. <laughs> but, like, it seemed pretty clear that she had not been allowed to contact him mm -hmm. since the whole revelation of we've been sleeping together. Yep. And so yeah. she wanted to be like, how are you? I haven't talked to you. Let's work this out. Let's run away. Let's do whatever. And the husband was <laughs> actively preventing that. So Right. Yeah, we we did learn, which I glossed over, but Gary and Jack happen to be best friends as well. So that was a little bit of insult to injury there. So uh, hard to know if if there if Gary and Jack's relationship has, I, I would imagine it has now failed. Um, but that was that was a bit of a bummer. Yet another person pushing Gary away. That's it. It's unbelievable. That's it. Poor Gary. That's what they're trying to do here is make you feel bad for Gary. So we're back in the mine. And an interesting little little scene here where Keanu's dad, Gary, is is trying to fix something down there. And and Gary asks Keanu or Rupert for a tool. And and it's a crescent wrench. And for a second, Rupert grabs it and kind of wields it like he's just gonna <laughs> knock out his dad with this thing. Um, I thought. Which, yeah, which was which was interesting. That was a that was a cool little scene there. Um, but ends up just kind of handing it to him nicely. And then we're moving back to um, back to him and Carla now at the trailer that we've seen so many times before. And this, Andrew, I think is what you were referencing earlier for the interesting turn that the movie takes. Do you want to talk through the plan that they came up with? So this is when it becomes a caper. 
This is where all credibility for this movie goes out the window, <laughs> as far as I, as far as I could tell. Maybe maybe you two felt differently, but so can I uh, quote a Chicago Tribune review of this movie right now? Yes, please do. But then somewhere around the midway point, an emboldened nice wanner suddenly overplays his hand. The Oedipal rage that almost always simmers just beneath the surface of the cult film Wild Infatuations with Older Women, blanket resentment of male authority figures, abruptly boils over as Rupert decides to kidnap his father and hold him for ransom. The Freudian imagery runs mm. riot. With the enthusiastic <laughs> help of his mother and now-compliant ice cream lady, which we'll talk more as we get the consent yep. part, the, um, the enthusiastic help part. We'll yeah. get there. But he, Rupert deprives his coal miner father of his favorite pickaxe and keeps him prisoner deep in the mine shaft. And I just thought this whole Oedipus Freudian thing right. was hilarious because I really was like, what is happening? And it happens so fast. Nothing happens for the first 40 <laughs> minutes of this movie. And then all of a sudden, right. a lot of stuff happens. We spend 40 minutes, yeah. Just trying to tear down this Gary guy. Like, isn't he an asshole? <laughs> he gets whatever should is coming to him, you know? Yep. And then the plan is, through a conversation, you find out the land that the trailer's on is worth $200,000 or something. Keanu wants to kidnap his dad, hold him for ransom, so that his mom is forced to sell the land, pay Keanu the ransom, and then they will split it and go their separate ways. Yep. I think is that about sums it up. Yep, that's uh, mm -hmm. that's their plan. Pretty wild. And they land on drugging Gary to uh, uh, kidnap him. So that's where we now get into kind of they they figure out that plan, and you know we're back in the in the mine, and Keanu's kind of sizing up his dad. He's recording his voice. Uh, <laughs> oh my which God. was really interesting with his gadgetry and uh, him and Car Car uh, Keanu and Carla meet at the grocery store so that Carla can give him the, the sleepy drugs. All very, <laughs> so strange. They're wearing like sunglasses and trying to be incognito. <laughs> it's very weird. It is. <laughs> why, why not just do it at the ice cream store? That's clearly <laughs> where the drugs are and he's always there. Right. That's a good point. This makes it easier for them to get caught somehow. Yep. So, yeah. Aren't there cameras in grocery stores? So, um, Keanu's then spending a little bit of quality time with his mom, telling her that she'll be happy again. Um, and so, and then Keanu starts, puts his plan in, in action, right? He's starting it. He's drugging a thermos. Keanu ends up drinking from the, the thermos that has the drugs in it. Um, this was actually a pretty funny back and forth. And when when he discovered this, I, I would say there was a, a, a just a dabble in comedy here, if you will. <laughs> when he tells his dad, you got to respect our thermoses yeah. if we're going to work together or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So Keanu works really hard to get his thermos back, which isn't drugged, but he's freaking out because he's already drank a bunch of of the drugged thermos. And when Keanu woke up from sleeping, I had a little chuckle there. That was actually pretty funny. <laughs> He startles himself awake. Yeah. And his dad is clearly like loopy. He's losing it a little bit, but he eventually passes out. They get him back up to the trailer and chain him 
It's not just like rope around his wrists behind his back. They have chains around this guy like all over the place. And he's chained to a metal wall in the trailer. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of just conveying that it's very slipshod work. It's kind of just throwing it together and hoping it works. So then we learn why he was doing the recording. It was so that Carla could pretend to be Gary in the mine. Dead ringer. Dead ringer. Red hair. Smaller. <laughs> paler. No, no beard, or at least like stubble. That's what the coal on the face is for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Classic. Um, and so she's wearing a speaker around her neck that, that just has like one-liners from from Gary. It's it's very weird. This part felt like Home Alone to me, where he had the little talk boy and he would, <laughs> you know, or play things yeah. from television mm-hmm. at the appropriate moment for the pizza guy. Yeah, you, you filthy animal. So, Dad, you know, Gary finally wakes up. He's obviously confused and angry. Um, and a masked person comes in and feeds him. We learn that's Carla. So they're trying to kind of drag this out a little bit. And now we're back at the family home where the police are there and they're doing the classic waiting for the ransom call. And funny enough, as you might expect, Keanu's mom is not phased. She's like, I don't care. He's probably at the bar. Uh, he'll be back eventually, whatever. Yeah, she was anticipating some sort of retaliation. Right. This is what she was expecting that he was going to do. And um, so Keanu kind of has this realization that's like, uh-oh, uh, she's pivotal for this to work. And now he's his option is to bring her into the fold, make sure that she's aware of, of what his plan is and that he's going to split the money that he gets from the land with his mom. So to Andrew's earlier point, now we have a wife and son who are knowingly kidnapping and ransoming their own father. That's what's happening. Yeah, and Jack is there also. And Jack is there, because, correct. Because Gary's gone, so Jack can come exactly. around now. <laughs> it's a nice party. Uh, it's a good time, really. <laughs> so a couple Michelobes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Unfortunately, Gary has found a way to get away from the wall that he's attached to because it was not well planned. There are kind of easy ways to get away from this wall. And um, we, after that, we see that Pam and Keanu are now at this lawyer's office trying to sell the land because there's, you know, effectively a loophole that if it's an emergency, they can sell the land without Gary present. Uh, but what do you know? Gary being Gary... His form of retaliation actually was when he sold the land without telling them for cash. So uh, there's no ransom money available. We're now back at the trailer. Carla comes in to feed Gary as she would normally. But Gary's free, snatches her, puts her in a headlock. Keanu comes in in a super creepy Donnie Darko bunny mask. <laughs> How intense was that mask? <laughs> I mean, the Freddy Krueger one that Carla was wearing was also pretty yeah. disturbing. If someone yeah, kidnapped... Yeah, I think that one actually was more upsetting for me than the, Oof, the They were good masks. One. Yeah. I think the one she was wearing was the worst. They were good kidnapper masks. Really great. They were. Yeah, that sounds like a good Halloween costume. See if any house that I go to gets that one right. As soon as Keanu walks in and he's wearing this bunny rabbit mask, I'm thinking, okay... 
he barely tried. He's wearing like the exact clothes <laughs> yeah. that you would expect him to wear. And I'm, I had thought if his dad does not realize that this is him, but then he, he, he goes ahead and takes the mask off anyway. But it was yeah. just the least amount of effort possible. He basically shouldn't have come in with a mask right. on. Meanwhile, Carla has like a full trench coat covering all visible skin. Yeah. Uh, she even seemed a little bit taller. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, that was that's true. He was just wearing the exact same outfit with a mask. So, uh, Keanu ends up coming clean. He said that he, you know, kidnapped him and that he wants the money. And Carla's like, "This is a nightmare. I'm out of here." So she um, she heads out to her car, drives away in her Super Beetle, great little car, 1971 Super Beetle. If you're curious, and um, but there's a roadblock. Oh my gosh, we have um, Trooper Joe, and he is waiting there with the whole, the whole cavalry. Um, so they knew what was going on here, and then eventually those cops end up at the trailer, uh, but no one's there. Gary and Keanu are no longer at the trailer; they're gone. So at this point, I wanted to ask both of you: Were either of you feeling bad for Gary at this point? Because Keanu says something along the lines of, like, he asks, like, would you, about the money, would you kill me for it? And Keanu responds, I think he says, I thought about it. No, he said, I've, I've thought about killing you before, like, without needing a reason. Yeah. And that kind of takes the wind out of Gary's sails oh, a yeah. little bit. Were either of you feeling any kind of sympathy here for him? I didn't feel sympathy for anybody in this movie at any point. <laughs> There it is. So, <laughs> it's a bunch of raging narcissists who hmm. do whatever they want whenever they want to. So no, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Fair. No, I, I I didn't feel bad for Gary at at that. I think I felt bad for him at when he told that story earlier, where he introduced he finally introduced like the title of the movie. He, oh yeah, where he had that, where he had that vision of his family. Uh, I kind of felt bad there that he. I mean, the whole like king and queen thing was again narcissistic, Whitney. To your point, but um, just that you know he had this vision and it wasn't playing out the way he wanted to. I think that was where I was like, oh, that, that's a bummer. All right, but not necessarily here. But we we end up finding them in the mine. So they went down the back shaft, um, and they're hiding down there. Uh, and so Keanu's still on it. He's like, where's the money? And he thinks it's in a, a Porta John that's <laughs> set up in the mine. Like, what is this movie? Like, <laughs> there's like a, a porta potty basically that's chained and locked, chains wrapped around it and, and, and padlocked. Uh, <laughs> and so Keanu sees this and he starts like hitting it with an axe or a, crowbar or something trying to get in there really strange but uh the cops eventually find them in the in the um in the mine shaft and so now all these cops are descending carla is descending into this mine they're all trying to find keanu and gary uh there's this looming kind of impending methane buildup issue which confused me a lot you know why 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 would the methane be a problem only when they went down there at night. Uh, like, I, I couldn't really 
Is it because there were more of them down there? Like, why wouldn't that be an issue all the time? Like, why is it going to blow up now? I don't know. I kind of got yeah confused by all that. I think it was because of the lantern. Oh, it was just that one lantern? Yeah, well, they said not to put, they said not to put the flame too high because you could ignite the methane when they were first getting... Oh, re- so methane's always there. Right. But let's keep in mind, moments before this, Keanu's plan to get the money was to literally use dynamite to blow up the porta potty. <laughs> so mm-hmm. had that plan played out to its logical conclusion... Everyone Every, would be dead. The whole town would probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, That's this was how no Centralia s- happened. <laughs> no, uh, no small amount of dynamite either. It a was stick, like a full two, stick, one or, or two. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a big bang. Um, it, it, you know, all the money would have burned up in the explosion. <laughs> right. So, um, but anyway, so they uh, eventually the police kind of discover them, and there's this. You know, the classic chase scene that you see in like the old black and whites where people are going in a door and missing each other and there's terrible music playing, you know, like that kind of thing. Sure. And uh, then they're like, oh, my God, it's going to blow up. And everybody runs out. A terrible explosion effect. Did you guys get really put off by that? Like, it seemed like they just put... Two little I charges. I'm so put off by so many things. I don't even think <laughs> I saw the explosion. This sounds like it's your flying, Whitney. Yes. <laughs> you were sick of this movie's shit an hour into it. Not even. Yeah. I give yeah, you no. probably 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I was. I, was. I, I honestly don't remember half of the things that happened in the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's Because fair. I was so mentally checked out that even though I was watching it, and I wasn't doing anything else, I wasn't on my phone, I wasn't whatever, I literally just was so checked out that I was like, oh, God, and not actually watching it. <laughs> That's fair, quite honestly. Let me tell you how this played out in my mind. Keanu and his dad in this movie, they have a heart-to-heart, kind of, when he's planning on blowing up this porta potty And then the police, like Evan said, descend upon them. And... His dad looks at a lan- looks at the lantern that <laughs> one of the policemen is holding, and f- yeah. just from looking at it, is able to discern that the whole place is going to blow up in. I think he actually says forty seconds. Yeah. He gives a very specific number, forty, and the cops book it. They are. Go- I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was a moment for the two of them to get the money and roll. But no, yeah. he was dead serious that the whole mine was going to explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was in a like in a, a diversion. Yes, just grab the money and go. Let's get out of here, son. Let's go do our own thing. And I was really cheering for that, but I was so irritated because it's like, are you telling me that it takes forty seconds for? This methane to ignite, <laughs> N- you know, not instantly off of the flame that's in your hand right now. Yes. Is that, is that what I'm led to believe? Like the fire starts way down somewhere else in the mine and then <laughs> and like then it slowly works its, works way. its way out. <laughs> physics 101, pal. <laughs> also, somehow Carla gets lost in yeah. the mine. She gets separated from this huge group, which is weird because she is technically under arrest. But she breaks <laughs> off from this huge group and then yeah. Trooper Joe goes to find her. Or when it's called out that the mine is going to explode, rather than book it, he continues to look for her. 
mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird stuff that's happening in this mine. I think they're Very all strange. High. It could be the methane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but the explosion annoyed me because it was just like charges set right at the entrance. Yeah. And it just blows dirt <laughs> up <laughs> right. into the air. There was no representation of it coming out of the, coming from the the mine. It was just, you know, a couple explosions right at the entrance, and that annoyed me. So Keanu's back at the house. Uh, Gary ends up convincing the police that he doesn't need to be arrested, that he's going to keep him at his house. And they handcuff him to the refrigerator door. <laughs> the freezer side. Of the yeah, refrigerator the door. The smaller of the two doors. It's a upright. It's not the stacked type. It's the upright. What is this? Like, <laughs> why? And then, so in, in like this really strange scene next that so nonchalantly, like, Keanu's little brother comes up to use the fridge and Keanu just like stands up for a second, gets out of his way, and then immediately crouches back down. Now, I imagine they were trying to convey that he's like super bummed because he thinks Carla died in the explosion. Mm-hmm. Fine. But, oh, my God. That was so, so annoying. (laughs) Why would you pick the fridge? It's the only thing in the house that a handcuff could wrap around. Right. Clearly. And then there's, like, another strange situation where Pam and Gary are now kind of okay, maybe? They have, like, a moment um, where they, like, embrace and, and show romance. I don't know. I don't know about that. It was real strange. He's totally bummed out on the bed. She walks up and... I I don't... Why is he bummed out? Because of the situation? That everyone hates him? Because his kid just tried to kidnap him for ransom? Uh, steal the family land? <laughs> and could so be that. his mom could run away with her boyfriend? That's heavy. That's pretty heavy. I don't know. It's like a lot. Yeah. And then there's an explosion in the mine that maybe his son wasn't going to get out of, and they did, but, like, a lot happened to him in the last two days. <laughs> maybe he really liked the mine. And he's just... It was his favorite feeling mine. This, <laughs> he's just feeling it all. And yeah. she hates him, but she still cares enough after years of marriage to sort of comfort him. I mm. don't think they're, like, together or anything. I just think that's a... Comforting him when he realizes that his wife and one of his two sons hate him. Mm. Yeah. Some of those revelations are not from nowhere. He already knows that his son, you know, and his wife do not really like him too much. And also the fact that it cross-dissolves to a scene the next morning and the porta potty is in the bed of his truck also Mm -hmm. singed. Right. He's crying all the way to the bank is how I kind of feel about this guy. (laughs) So, surprise, surprise, next day... Keanu's not there. <laughs> Neither is the door, though. Took the whole door. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's... Door off the freezer. And now he's dragging the door down the road as he's trying to hitchhike. That's where we see him. And perhaps the strangest part in this movie is Trooper Joe is standing on the shoulder of the road... As Keanu's walking backwards and just suddenly comes into frame. Yep. As as Keanu's walking and says something like, what does he say? Need a lift or... Oh, no. He says he offers to take the handcuffs off of him. Yeah. It might be easier without the door or so- something along oh those lines. Oh, my God. We're meant to believe that he's on this remote road hitchhiking and then, bam, 
Here's a here's Trooper Joe standing there with a handcuff key. Damaged. Trooper Joe's damaged from an explosion, though. He's got a Band-Aid on his head and his, his left Hand. arm. It's the only road out of town, Evan. <laughs> oh, Everyone who's trying to get out of town is on the road. You that's what it is. 24 or whatever gets you out of town. Crazy. Yeah, that's what it is. So what bothered me a lot next was that Trooper Joe continued to carry the door around. <laughs> you guys notice that? Mm-hmm. He didn't just like put it down no. for a second. He just like, he's in the background just holding this freezer door. Do you know oh. how much you can get for that at a scrapyard, Ev? Oh, well, maybe he's going to take it back to... fridges are made of iron. <laughs> take it back to Gary to put it back on the freezer. <laughs> clearly, but, yeah. Um, anyway, here we, Car- Carla's alive. Oh, my God. Carla's alive. She didn't die. And a very slow walk to each other. I was anticipating kind of a running embrace of happiness and excitement. But they just kind of like slowly walked up to each other. And Keanu, great line right here. Probably worked on it for a while. Says, you're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, so nice and... Heartwarming. And so, strangely, Carla is is leaving with Trooper Joe and invites Keanu to be their son? Is that what you guys picked up on? Yeah, kind of. That adopt him? They could be a family. That's essential. Those are the words she uses, right? We could be a family. We're going to go to California or something along those lines. Yeah, and then Keanu's like, nah. Pass. And... Keeps keeps walking. So the, a biker girl from the gang that was doing the haircuts at the very beginning picks him up. And they go to Pittsburgh. Well, not without asking him what he does. Oh, And what yeah. does he do? What does he do? He's a prince. Oh, he was a prince. That's how the movie ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the That's the line they chose to end the movie with. Oh my god. What did you do? I was a prince. (laughs) (laughs) And motorcycle off into the distance. Oh my god. What? Why? Why did they make this movie? So, those are our thoughts (laughs) (laughs) on the Prince of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Whitney. Oh my god. Yes. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> I have um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this film for others to watch? No, I would not. Why? <laughs> you you were so enthusiastic about I it. I know. I'm so <laughs> overjoyed by this movie. I can't share it with anybody else. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You Keep don't want the yourself. secret to get out. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I understand. Uh, I understand. Yeah, don't nobody watch this movie. Mm-mm. Was there any part of it at all that worked for you? I liked when the mom was thinking about whether or not she was going to ransom her husband from her son, and she picks up a piece of fried chicken, and the way that she eats it <laughs> while she's thinking about whether or not she wants to ransom her husband yeah. from her son. The way she ate that chicken was really masterful acting in mm. this way that I can't quite put my finger on. Sure. Yeah. But I very much enjoyed that. That was the only part of the movie where I was like, I don't want to rage quit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I agree. That was <laughs> she. She doesn't. Qu- it's a drumstick for, mm-hmm. yeah. for the people who haven't watched it and shouldn't watch it. It's a drumstick, <laughs> and she doesn't go for like the middle meaty part necessarily. No. It's kind of like an upper quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely near the like handle part. Of yeah. The- of the chicken. It's, uh, it was an interesting bite. And yeah. the way that she chewed it and the way that she was like so thoughtfully mulling over this problem with the chicken <laughs> as the prop for the mulling. Yeah. It was really an incredible scene. I can't put my finger on what was so incredible about it, but it really was. It took me aback. Uh, nice. It, but yes, that's the only, that's the only thing. When she was not making those terrible mouth noises, she did a good <laughs> chicken thing. Nice. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I'm going to put you in the maybe column for this one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Evan. No. <laughs> don't, don't watch this movie. All right. Don't watch a preview. Don't read about it. No. Just look at the poster and admire the haircut. Oh, yeah. And picture the movie in your head and then walk away. Because if I had walked away... 24 hours ago before having watched this movie, I would feel very differently about this movie and would be in a good place. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm going to go ahead and split the difference between... <laughs> this is also a hard, hard no. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the chicken eating scene, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just perfect. And I guess we got to see Keanu on a motorcycle, which is something. It is. And that's it, really. He wasn't even mm-hmm. particularly good in this role, I don't nope. think. Nope. It's not even like other ones where we've seen him have some chops, even if he can't fully exercise them. This is an, this is an interesting roller coaster we've been on, specifically for me, because I was super high on permanent record. But that was also coming off of the night before, where I was not quite <laughs> as high on that. So we had this low... And then he goes up, and I'm thinking, this is amazing. It can only get better. And then the very next film, we're almost back down at zero. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Okay. I think that's that's some nose across the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie does not give us a lot of confidence in Keanu. No. As in, if you took this sample alone, you would think no, this guy. absolutely not. <laughs> this guy's not going anywhere. Right. Got it. Well, this will be interesting. Where does this fit in both of your rankings? Ugh. Is this worse than One Step Away? No. I don't think it is. No. I think One Step Away was still worse. I don't know, though, because at least One Step Away was only 28 minutes long. <laughs> it was mercifully short. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm, I'll give you a second. I'm going to say second to last for me. Okay. Yeah, that's me, too. Okay. All else is all else the same. We all have one step away as our as our worst movie. I'm going to put it just above one step away. Yeah. Got it. All right. The rankings have been logged as such. Next week, Whitney will be leading the discussion on a film called Dangerous Liaisons. Mm-hmm. I have not seen I this. Am, I am excited. Have you seen it? You've seen this already? Yes, this one I've seen. Uh, it's a very good movie. Keanu Reeves isn't in it very much. Um, much bigger budget than most of anything we've seen so far. But the casting of Keanu Reeves in Dangerous Liaisons will probably be 50% of what we talk about next time. Okay. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It is buck wild. Nice. This, when I looked up 
movies that came out in 1988, and I did that list, you know, Die Hard, Naked Gun, all that stuff. Dangerous Liaisons was actually among the movies listed as some of the best of the year. It was, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good movie. Uh, but Keanu Reeves is not in it very much, and he shouldn't be in it at all. <laughs> oh, no! This sounds like mm. a Sofia Coppola Godfather 3 situation. Uh, yeah, not... <laughs> not quite? Kind of. Oh, okay. Kind of. Right. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's quite that bad, but it's definitely... A weird choice. Oh, I got to temper my expectations. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say anymore. I've already said too much. You already are, now have anticipation going in of what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it, it'll, it's a good movie one way or the other. So I'm definitely excited to see it just in general because I haven't seen it in years. But also specifically for the purposes of this podcast. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going in blind on this one too. No idea. Other than the little expectation, like I said, that it was listed among some of the best. And even there, there was a little blurb. I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, no, 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 we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, and Ev, you have not seen this either? I have not, but I am, I'm excited. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's bring this thing in for a landing. You can find our website at coolbreezepod.com and access all of our episodes, list of films we'll be reviewing, and much, much more. You can also reach out by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you think this is a podcast you can get behind, please give us a subscription on your platform of choice, and a review would be much appreciated. We'll be back next week, but until then, Whitney, what are you doing on the internet? All right. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And I would just follow me there for all of my podcasts. I've talked about all of them before, but this time I'm going to just plug my new one, The Secret Project we talked about last week. It is fully recorded. It is called... (gasps) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is called Extremely Fast and Incredibly Furious. Yes! And it is me and a friend who has seen I have seen zero Fast and Furious movies. He has seen all of them. We watched them all in 48 hours, and we recorded a podcast after each movie that we watched. So in one weekend, we watched the movies and then recorded the episodes one after another after another. We did one through four on Saturday and and, uh, five through eight on Sunday. So I don't know how long it's going to take us to edit. We do not have a release date planned. It could be next week. It could be... Uh, five months from now. We'll we'll see what happens because I'm mostly putting the editing ball in Eric's court. So we'll see how that goes. But it was very fun. It was very interesting. I had some preconceived notions, but not too many of what the Fast and Furious movies were going to be. So there's some buck wild stuff. And at the beginning of every episode, I try and recap what happens in the movie. And that gets harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder to do. But if you want to follow Fast Furious Pod on Twitter, there's nothing on there yet. But if you're interested in listening to it when it comes out and getting some announcements about stuff, Fast Furious Pod on Twitter is where you can follow us to see when things go live. And obviously, I'll talk about it here again, but stay tuned. Fantastic. Can I ask, just at a mm-hmm. very high level, what is what is your impression of the franchise overall? I, I always love to hear what people think of these movies. Just like all of them, not one in particular. Yeah, no, I definitely preferred them when they jumped the shark. Okay. <laughs> right. I think we might be in the same boat there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hated four. <gasps> no, that's all right. Oh. I'm right there with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fair. I liked three more than I thought I would. Okay, 
Right. Sometimes the dark, the dark horse of the kind of the one that's out of order. I I think it's just because I went to Japan and I like Japan so much that it made me just be like, man, I should go back to Japan again. That was the best (laughs) time I ever had. Um, Nice. So I think that was part of it was I was just like, Japan's fucking dope the whole time. (laughs) Not necessarily because it was the best movie or anything. Like, what are we doing? What's this movie about again? Japan is the best. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But yeah, Five and Beyond were my favorite parts of the thing. The whole Excellent. And I assume you're going to go see Hobbs and Shaw? Yes. And, and we plan on, on seeing them and then recording an episode in perpetuity as, as new ones come out. <laughs> Perfect. We'll see how long that lasts. But <laughs> definitely we have plans for uh, for Hobbs and Shaw. Excellent. Excellent. At the very least. All right. We come to the most exciting part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Evan Wells, where are you on the internet, buddy? Go for it. Pull no punches. Okay, um, <clears throat> let me think about this. I got to get my thoughts together. Um, uh, oh, uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at Evan Acri and also on Twitter. But uh, it's the same handle, but don't follow it. It's terrible. And back to you. <laughs> <laughs> how, how goes the secret projects? Ooh, uh, what is the I launch? Don't. Do we have a launch date yet for anything? I don't want to give away too many secrets. So. Do we have a launch window? Mm. Is it this year? It is this year. <laughs> Damn it. I should have been more specific. Next 365 days. Solid. So not necessarily this year, but a year from potentially today. Yes, yeah, that's what I said. Same thing. Mm, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay. You can follow me. On Twitter is the best way to actually keep in touch with me. It's the only thing I seem to check every day. At Dark Driving. And that's it. So thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. (laughs) Nailed it. Does anyone else dance to that while it's playing? I kind of do. do the okay. if I was at a concert, I nod, kind of like nod along to it. It is, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. I like a Duda cha cha.